You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now present the Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Health Hub. I'm Kathy Biasse, your host, and along with our producer, Alex Diaz, and our production assistant, Daniel Tresini, we would like to welcome you to our show this morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. How are you doing? We're doing well. That's good. Do you have earphones on, Daniel? Yeah, I can't see it on my glasses on. <laughs> oh, you do. Yeah, You're on. No, You're no, on board no. with us. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Everyone, good this morning. Nice day. Heard that spring is supposed to be coming very soon. So I don't know if you heard the the reports yesterday, but spring is supposed to be coming very soon. It's great outside. I had a, a really nice drive in. Everyone's week good? So far. So far? It's good. day two, so it's been a good week so far. Yeah, but I count like Tuesday to Tuesday when I'm talking to you. Uh, I, I suppose so. So to answer your question, it's been busy but good. Yes, Busy but good. Well, I had... Um, I don't, I don't know if, if you remember, we were talking last week um, to Kelly Elliott, and she brought up the fact that uh, she had vertigo for a long time, a long time. And I can't even remember, because I really wasn't, I was a little bit off last week. I had vertigo about a week and a half ago. I don't know if you know that game, Never Have I Ever, but never have I ever had vertigo in my life. And uh, it sent me for a loop. And yesterday I went to my acupuncturist, who mm-hmm. is just so wonderful and he um he did such nice work on me did some actually some cupping he did some needling for me and today is the first day that i've actually not had any sort of like i felt like when i shook my head my eyes weren't catching up and it was uh, a very unsettling uh thing to go through so today is is a really good day for me so glad you're feeling better and on the mend yeah, it was really kind of scary. I actually thought my bed was... Do- I woke up, it was the oddest thing. I woke up and I thought, am I actually awake? And then for some reason, I'm, I, I'm thinking, did I drink last night or something? I mean, everything was just spinning. It was an awful... I can't even imagine her going through them. That's a totally other um, thing. But yeah, better, better, better today. And uh, I was actually listening to the show last week and I could actually hear in my voice that I was not quite stable. So it, it was it was good to get through that uh, without without too much problem. However, on to today's show, we are live. Our number is 416-245-1534. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Health Hub RMC. And our email address is thh at radiomaria.ca. Please subscribe to our podcast. As you know, all of our live shows are flipped over into to podcast format. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, all your favorite podcast platforms, and you can find our podcast on the Radio Maria Canada website, 
which is www.radiomaria.ca. And you can find them on my website, which is kathybiasse.com. And um, we are quickly approaching our 100th show. So um, really looking forward to that. Hopefully we'll have some interesting things to share with you on the 100th show. So, so keep up with that. Another couple of weeks we'll be heading into that show. This is show number 98 for us. And it is going to be a barn burner. We have Dr. Tom O'Brien on the show. And I have been looking forward to this for quite a while. Uh, last week's show with Kelly Elliott that I was talking about, about tapping, is up in podcast and it is ready for you to listen to. Please do take a listen. It's really um, an interesting technique that you can start implementing on yourself right away. My daughter was sitting across from us last week. She was on reading week and um, she started doing it herself and, and, and she really felt, really felt a difference using the technique. So again, Kelly is the professional, but uh, very good to listen to, to the podcast and get your feet wet into an area of integrative health that you may not have known about. So it is up and ready for you. So a couple of weeks ago, my son, who is married now, so he was over at the house, uh, was chatting with me around the table as I was starting to prepare carrots for fermenting. So the preparation really just involves cutting them. And I had a bag of mixed carrots. They were orange and yellow and purple. And he said to me, you know, do the purple ones, or is there any difference or is it just a, an aesthetic thing? Because when you cut the purple carrot, it's really kind of cool inside. And I thought, you know what, I bet a lot of people don't know the answer to that. So I thought that I would uh, share some information about humble carrots today with you. So all carrots, red, green, purple, whatever, all parrots, uh, carrots, independent of their color, are packed with a lot of nutrients. They contain fiber, potassium, vitamin C, manganese, vitamin A, and uh, some B vitamins, and they are very low in calories. They are also extremely easy to uh, carry around with you. Great snack. Um, just a, a great, you know, sometimes these common things, uh, carrots, celery, apples that we take for granted, really it packs so much of a punch in your diet that uh, we, we tend to overlook them reaching for, uh, you know, the different things. But, you know, carrots are a wonderful food for you to have. But purple carrots are especially nutritious for you. They are rich in powerful antioxidants called anthocyanins, and they are potent inflammation fighters. And as you will find out in our show today, inflammation, we have talked about this before on the show many times, but inflammation is the root of many, many, many of our problems. So the anthocyanins found in purple carrots um, are very good to help fight inflammation, important part of your diet. They are also found in vegetables like blackberries and grapes and purple potatoes and purple cabbage. So that deep red purplish color is is uh, where you can find that phytonutrient. So yes, in fact, different color carrots have different nutrients. And before we get on to Dr. Tom's bio, just a few fun facts about carrots. Before the 17th century, almost all cultivated carrots were purple or white. Orange carrots likely originated from a new breed of yellow carrots, which were developed as a result of a genetic mutation. So oddly enough, we have more orange carrots now than purple, and originally they were purple. It is actually possible to turn your skin a shade of orange by over-consuming carrots. This is not necessarily unhealthy. It just is. I often see this in babies. Babies' carrots are an easy food for babies to, to start off with, and their, their skin can turn a little a bit color. Uh, orange carrots get their bright orange color from beta-carotene. 
and beta carotene metabolizes in the gut from bile salts into vitamin A. And almost one third, this this, uh, surprised me, almost one third of carrots distributed throughout the world come from China. It is the largest distributor of carrots. Uh, Following them on gross production is Russia and then the United States. So just when you thought carrots were boring, there you go. Some fun facts, some good nutrition information. So do include them into your diet. So on today to our show, Dr. Tom O'Brien is an internationally recognized, admired, and compassionate speaker focusing on food sensitivities and environmental toxins, as well as the development of autoimmune diseases. In November 2016, Dr. O'Brien released Betrayal, the autoimmune disease solution they're not telling you, an investigation into why our immune system, designed to protect us, begins to attack our own tissues. Dr. O'Brien is considered a Sherlock Holmes for chronic disease and teaches that recognizing and addressing the underlying mechanisms that activate an immune response is the map to the highway towards better health. Dr. Tom holds teaching faculty positions with the Institute for Functional Medicine and the National University of Health Sciences. He has trained and certified tens of thousands of practitioners around the world in advanced understanding of the impact of wheat sensitivity and the development of individual autoimmune diseases. Excuse me. He is the founder of www.thedoctor.com and the visionary behind the Gluten Summit, A Grain of Truth, bringing together 29 of the world's experts on the gluten connection to disease and disorders. His 2016 groundbreaking book, winner of the National Book Award and ranked number one in several categories on Amazon.com, The Autoimmune Fix, outlines the step-by-step development of degenerative diseases and gives the tools to identify our dis-ease process years before the symptoms are obvious and how to turn your health around one step at a time. This is going to be such an informative show, people. Please do stay tuned. We will be talking about what an autoimmune disease actually is, what factors can contribute to the development of an autoimmune disease, are there any are there any things, uh, steps that we can take to reverse autoimmune disease once it has started its progression? I thank you in advance for all of your questions. We will be interspersing them throughout the show. You do have time to send in more questions. THH at RadioMaria.ca will be your best vehicle to do that now. And when we get back, we will be talking with Dr. Tom. All related, brothers and strangers, the king and the beggar bleed the same. We've all got a sickness, a terminal condition. We medicated, but the pain won't go away. See the eyes of a million faces, looking for it in a million places. Only one can save us, Jesus.
to the orphan without a home. Oh, we fell in the darkness, lost till you found us. You're the remedy we're looking for. You are the cure. Everybody's searching for it. Everybody's reaching out, trying to grab a hold of something real. You are the cure. Only you can satisfy us. Fill up the void inside us. Never been hard, you couldn't heal. You You are listening to Radio Maria Canada. We now continue with the program, The Health Hub, hosted by Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. Again, our show is live today. You can call us at 416-245-1534 if you have any questions for Dr. Tom O'Brien, myself, Alex, Daniel, anybody in particular, give us a call. Dr. O'Brien, thank you for coming to the show. It's a great pleasure having you here. Oh, thank you, Kathy. It's a real pleasure for me, too. And I, I loved your introduction. And if it's okay, I'm going to start there. Perfect. I'm going to start, I'm going to start with talking about carrots. Oh, perfect. You know and, what? You take it away. I'll just tell you when we have to break. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so uh, uh, it was interesting. I didn't know about the added anthocyanin count in purple carrots, but that makes sense because anthocyanins are in blueberries and black raspberries and things like that. And they're great for your brain. So we always buy multiple colored carrots just because I know there's different good guys and the different colors. But one thing that you want your readers to know is that you cannot buy peeled carrots. Correct. And a lot of, a lot of young people buy peeled carrots, bags of peeled carrots, because it's easier. Uh, the problem with that, you're, you're much better off buying organic and then just rinse them off and eat them with the outer skin on because there's very good nutrients in that skin part that most of us peel and throw away just by organic. But the problem is when you peel away the outer covering of carrots and many other vegetables, you peel away the protection of that um, vegetable from the air. And there's bugs in the air. And the bugs in the air jump onto the uh, peeled carrot meat, which is, as you know, carrots are really sweet. That's why kids love carrots and carrot juice and it's very sweet. So the bugs in the air will bind onto the high sugar content of the fruit of the carrot. And within four days of after those carrots have been peeled, you now have carrots that have toxic levels of bacteria on them. It's called lipopolysaccharides. And they published an article in food and chemical toxicology six years ago about this. And the ones that you really have to be careful of are carrots, diced onions, and bean sprouts. Those are the real bad guys that you, you get loads and loads of toxic bacteria, not enough to make you sick unless you're right on the edge of getting sick. Mm-hmm. Sensitive. And if you're right on the edge, and then it takes just a little bit more to overwhelm your immune system, now you get sick. Well, see, who would have so, known all that about carrots, right? I was actually going to start off with gluten, but then I thought I'd never pull you back. So we started off with the carrots. <laughs> right. We started with carrots. Yeah. And the other thing I'd like to comment on, if I may, 
uh, for, for your readers, because this is a great, great thing to do um, if you take the challenge, Kathy. And the challenge is, why did I get vertigo? Where did it come from? I didn't hit my head. I wasn't sick. I didn't eat anything that made me sick to my stomach. I didn't have diarrhea. I wasn't throwing up. Why did I get vertigo? Do so tell. You had an... You, you had an acupuncture treatment, which is excellent, and acupuncture helps to balance the energy in your body. That's called the electromagnetics in the body that acupuncture works on very effectively, and that may be the area that needs to be addressed, or it could be a Band-Aid that's going to help you feel better for a while, and the underlying mechanism is still going on. So that's what my book is about, is the pyramid of health and how to look at problems. It doesn't matter if it's recurrent miscarriages or vertigo or inflammatory bowel diseases or thyroid disease. It doesn't matter. You have to look at these problems the same way to figure out how are you going to reverse the direction that your health is going in. And that pyramid, you know, we always used to think it was a triangle of health. Uh, the triangle was uh, structure, chemist, biochemistry, what you eat and drink, and then emotional or spiritual. Structure is the home of chiropractic and massage and Feldenkrais technique and Alexander technique and yoga and exercise and all those great things. And we thought it was a triangle of health. Now we know that's not the case. We know it's a pyramid. And a pyramid has three sides to it, but it also has a base. There's a fourth side, and that's the base. There's four quadrants that you have to look at nowadays. Never before in history, but now there are four quadrants. So you have the structure. That's on the bottom. And in terms of your vertigo, there are many papers that are published that say sometimes with vertigo, chiropractic makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. Sometimes. You know, because it's a structural problem that's affecting the the um, energy and the nerve flow through from your brain going down into your spine. Sometimes that's the problem. Not always, of course, but sometimes. Or it could be a biochemistry problem. And if it were a biochemistry problem, that's like the foods that we eat and things. And I published a paper with a group of uh, 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 otolaryngologists from uh, Milan, Italy, uh, a few years ago, and the title of the paper is Meniere Disease and Gluten Sensitivity, Recovery After a Gluten-Free Diet. And we took these people who were card-carrying Meniere, uh, 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 Meniere's disease, which is vertigo, mm -hmm. and uh, we tested them, and those that had a sensitivity to wheat put them on a wheat-free diet, and their vertigo went away. So that's the biochemical side of it. Then there's the emotional, spiritual side of it. I don't have a great example for you of that, but we know that how we think can affect and cause any problem in the body. And, uh, and then there is the electromagnetic. That's the new one that's just come on the scene in the last 20 to 30 years. Never before have humans been exposed to this type of electromagnetic pollution mm -hmm. that we have all the time now. And I've had a couple of patients over the years with Meniere's disease, with vertigo, and uh, I said, uh, take the alarm clock away from the, your, your head. I mean, why, why do you think it's okay to have um, this thing that leaks electromagnetic energy right next to your head all night? 
So put it on the other side of the room. And that made the difference for them. Uh, for a couple of people, this was a number of years ago. Nowadays, the recommendations include that kind of thing. Put the alarm clock on the other side of the room. Oh, but I'll have to get up out of that. Well, yeah, that's what the alarm is for. Mm-hmm. Get, <laughs> get up. you up and out. Time to get up, right. Yeah, I can't uh, put the phone the- to my ear, actually. I, I never put my cell phone to my ear because it bothers me. So it doesn't. Well, there this, you go. Yeah, there this, you go. So, this came out so of. You have. Yeah. I don't know where it you, came from. You have, an, you have an electromagnetic sensitivity. Yeah. And that, that may be the primary problem, or it may be that you're at the stage now where the straw that broke the camel's back is happening. And just a little bit, like putting the cell phone next to your head, takes you over the edge. Well, I sure but, hope uh, I don't get this again, because my goodness me, it was, it was something. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, my goodness. So, so the, the, the goal here is to figure out where it came from. What is out of balance right now? Where is it that my body is out of balance? Because I can promise you that that's going to manifest somewhere again. It sounds like the symptoms were pretty strong for you. They were. And your, your acupuncturist may be able to keep that at bay, you know, but it's kind of like the kid that puts his thumb in the dike to keep it from leaking, you know, that it's going to come out somewhere else. It's, you know, uh, it, it may not manifest as vertigo. It'll manifest as something else. Who knows? Well, we may but have to have a chat def- off the air. I mean, so you can point me in the right direction because, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want that. So well, basically what what you're saying in, 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 in speaking of my condition is that you know, I, and I, you know, I have an inside because as we were talking before the show, I listened to a talk that you are doing or that is going to be released shortly or has been released. I'm not sure where I got mine from at the Genetics Summit, which I'm very much interested. But you talked about in that um, interview, which was wonderful with James Maskell, that you, in essence, feel that all diseases start off from an autoimmune state. So can you take my listeners through what you define as autoimmunity and how this translates into all aspects of health? Oh, you bet, you bet. Uh, The the first thing I would say is that everything we just talked about, it's all in the new book. You can fix your brain. It's all in there about the four quadrants and how to dial it down and what kind of questions to ask to begin to get a direction as to where where to put your attention. Okay. It's all in that book. Um, Yeah, um, I, I avoid saying all and ever. Okay. And every, I, I, I try my best not to do that because that's, that's a little extreme. But okay. practically, every degenerative disease that I know of, actually, I'll say all degenerative diseases, that no, that's not true. I, I know of two that are not. Uh, so practically, every disease is a disease of inflammation. At the cellular level, the cell is on fire. It's just a question. Is it gasoline or kerosene? Is it a brain cell or a kidney cell? But it's always inflammation, always. And that is the immune system gets activated, trying to protect you, and the result is this inflammation at the cellular level occurs. So let's take, let's take for example, you, you get a child that gets a strep infection. They get a strep infection, you know, they got swollen tonsils, sore throat, they go to the doctor, they get a prescription for an antibiotic. They take the antibiotic, they feel better in a few days, and they think everything's fine. But if the strep bacteria is in high enough concentrations to still be a problem, but not enough to cause symptoms, it's going, there's a danger. 
of what can happen. I'll give you a classic example. Why do dentists prescribe antibiotics when people go to the dentist? Mm -hmm. There's only one reason, just one, that I know of. And, you know, in, in our mouth, we've all heard about the microbiome, about all the good bacteria and the viruses and things that make up our microbiome in our gut. Well, the microbiome goes from the mouth to the other end. So there's an oral microbiome. And there are hundreds and hundreds of different species of bacteria in our mouth all the time. Hundreds of different types. Some of them are strep, different kinds of strep. So when the dentist is working in your mouth and he squirts the water in and you lean over and spit it out in that little porcelain tub and it's pink water or red water, that's your blood. That means that the dentist has pierced the, the skin, your gums, and cause permeability, and blood leaks out. That's called leaky gums. We, uh, many of us have heard of leaky gut. Mm -hmm. Well, dentists give you leaky gums, and they take about three to five days to heal completely. So in the meantime, if you've got a whole lot of strep in your mouth oral microbiome, and you've got leaky gums, and the strep gets into the bloodstream, your immune system, trying to protect you, says, whoa, look at this. I better fight this. And you make antibodies to strep. And that's perfect. If your immune system didn't do that, we wouldn't be here today. You make antibodies to strep. Now there's antibodies circulating in your bloodstream. And your bloodstream is just a highway. You know, There's lots of traffic on the highway, but it's just a highway. And there's no lanes of traffic. There's no order. They're just all going in the same direction. But they're bouncing around in there in your bloodstream, just like dodging cars. So now you've got these antibodies that are like special forces. They've got high-powered rifles. And they're only going after strep. That's their job, is to only go after strep. But what happens is that the, the vest that the strep bug is wearing, its protein signature... I say it's a green-colored vest just so people you know, can get a visual. But it's the protein signature of the strep that the special forces have been trained to go after and destroy with their high-powered rifles. That protein signature looks identical to the valves of your heart. So the special forces can mistakenly start attacking your heart because they've been trained to go after that protein signature, no matter what, destroy it. And so they, they can attack the valves of your heart. That's rheumatic fever, and that can kill you. That's the reason why dentists give antibiotics is so that if any strep gets into your bloodstream, the antibiotics will kill it, and so the immune system doesn't get activated trying to protect you the way it's supposed to, but it, there's no need for it to get activated because the antibiotics will kill the strep. That's fascinating. That's the, that's the only reason. Now, that whole sequence that I just gave you is called molecular mimicry. That's a good geek term. Yeah, it's a good Scrabble term. You know, but what it means is the molecules of the valves of the heart mimic or look just like the vest of the strep that the immune system said, kill that. 
kill that strep. And that happens throughout our bodies. And with so many different foods, that's a very common mechanism with wheat sensitivity. It's common with different bacteria that you get molecular mimicry. We know with milk, and casein is one of the proteins in milk, there's a number of studies where the researchers are saying, you know, there's a molecular mimicry mechanism going on where antibodies to casein can cause a tear in the blood-brain barrier. That's the protection around your brain, so not, not everything in the blood gets into the brain. And if you get that tear in the blood-brain barrier, the antibodies to casein can go after a certain part of your brain, and they're associating it with sudden infant death syndrome. Fascinating and there's stuff. A number of, there's a number of studies on that, on it, the molecular mimicry of casein antibodies with the end result of sudden infant death syndrome. So and the, there are many studies on MS, on rheumatoid arthritis, on psoriasis, on um, alopecia, uh, whether it's a bacteria or a food, it's your immune system trying to protect you, doing exactly what it's supposed to do to try and protect you, but because of this molecular mimicry mechanism, because there's more wheat that you're eating and more wheat and more wheat and more wheat, if you have the sensitivity to wheat, then here come the antibodies to your brain or to your thyroid or to your liver or to your kidneys. Wherever your genetics have you vulnerable to having a molecular mimicry mechanism. That's fascinating. I think we're going to just take a quick break here, um, and then we're going to come back and and delve. I, I really would actually like to talk about the genetics and weaknesses and how um, this autoimmunity finds its pathway to where it's going. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes.
to The Health Hub, here on Radio Maria Canada. A Catholic voice wherever you are. To contact us and be a part of the show, please call 416-245-1534. We now continue with the program. Here once again is your host, Kathy Biasi. Welcome back, everybody. We are talking with Dr. Tom O'Brien. And Dr. Tom, I have just a host of questions that have been sent in, and I, I'm going to try and focus them as best I can, because I just know we're going to bump up against the clock. But uh, it's important for me to get questions out from people that have called in or emailed into the show, actually. So one of the questions that keeps coming up is, what is the difference between sort of an integrative approach to autoimmunity and the medical approach? Oh, that's a really good question. So uh, if you if you go to a doctor and you get a diagnosis of diabetes or migraines or vertigo, it doesn't matter what the diagnosis is. It's like you've fallen over a waterfall and you've crashed into the pond below. You know, you, you swim up to the surface and <laughs> thank God I'm okay. And you're, you, you're trying to stay afloat in the pond of diabetes or the pond of recurrent miscarriages. But it's really hard to stay afloat because the waterfall keeps falling into the pond. The water's very turbulent. You're still living the lifestyle that caused the problem. It doesn't matter what the disease is unless it's trauma. But aside from that, you're living the lifestyle somehow that caused the problem that you have. So... And everybody's looking for the life jacket to stay afloat in the pond of vertigo or, or arthritis or whatever it is. And life jackets are important. If you need medication for high blood pressure, you take the medication. Don't be silly. Get that life jacket on. But you don't stay in the pond ever. Swim over to the side of the pond. Get out of the water walk up the hill, and walk back up the river to find out what fell in the river that carried me downstream and I fell over into the pond of high blood pressure or vertigo or whatever it is. That's the difference where traditional medicine, doctors are taught life jacket medicine. Let's help this person feel better right now. And it's very, very important. You have sky-high blood sugar, you better take the medication. But you don't stay in the pond living the lifestyle that's caused your body to break down. You get out of the pond and go figure out what happened here. And you say to the doctor that prescribed your medication to you, Doc, I'm, go I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to start exercising a little bit. You know, I'm going to see if I can figure this stuff out. I'm going to work with a holistic doc while I'm working with you taking the medication. Can you monitor me to make sure that I'm safe and my blood pressure is not going up? and just make sure I'm safe and hopefully start weaning me down on this medication if I don't need it so much anymore. And that is a rational approach that every doctor in the world should be very receptive to. Now they may say, nah, once you're on this blood pressure medication, you're on it for life. They may say that. But if you say, oh, okay, I understand, but can you just monitor me? And if I don't need so much, are, are you willing to taper it down? And if they say, yeah, if there's no need, I'm willing to taper down, then you stay with that doc. If they say no, you find a new blood pressure specialist who says, yep, that's the right medication to take. And then, okay, yeah, I'll follow you along and we'll see how it goes. 
I mean, I think that's a, the difference. And I think a lot of people uh, still feel that it's they're not inclusive. It's one or the other. And I think if we can make these strides to have an integrative system, that's going to benefit okay. everybody. It's it's so that's important. Exactly I see right. that in cancer care. I had somebody come into the clinic and say, "Well, if I work with you, does that mean I can't go through my chemotherapy?" And it was I was you know a little taken aback that that perception is so prevalent out there. So again, getting into sort of the the deeper dive into autoimmunity, we've talked about a little bit about genetics. We've talked a little bit about foods. Now, what about the environmental aspect of autoimmunity? Oh my goodness, it's just huge. There's it's never before in the history of humanity if we had the problems that we have now. In a position paper from the Journal of Pediatrics, now. That means, you know, it's a very prestigious medical journal, but a position paper means that the editor and the board all agree, this is a statement that we have to put out there to all of our pediatricians. In the position paper, they talked about the dangers to children today, like never before in the history of humanity. The average was 247 I rounded it off to 250, but 247 pounds of toxic chemicals per person per day are being dumped in the United States. I don't know the number in Canada, but I'm sure it's not much different. Mm-hmm. 250 pounds per person per day, and that does not include pharmaceuticals or petroleum-based products. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. The amount, every newborn child in America today has on average 180 toxic chemicals in their bloodstream at birth that are not supposed to be there. And many of them are neurotoxins. They affect the brain development. I'll give you an example. They published a study a few months ago. They looked at 346 pregnant women. They measured, they took a urine sample in the eighth month of pregnancy, and they measured in the urine the amount of five different phthalates that they had. Now, phthalates are chemicals that mold plastic, and the most common one that people have heard of is BPA. So they measured five different phthalates, and then they categorized the results into four categories, the lowest, the next quadrant, the third quadrant, and the highest quadrant. They then followed the offspring of these pregnant women for seven years. They then did IQ tests on 346 kids, seven years later, what did they find? Every single child whose mother was in the highest quartile of phthalates in her urine during pregnancy, every one of those children were on average seven points lower IQ than the offspring of the moms in the lowest quartile of phthalates. Now, one point IQ is noticeable. Seven points is the difference between being an A minus student and a C plus student. Mm -hmm. Every child. Now, remember, 180 toxic chemicals at birth is the average. And they just looked at five of them and they found that result. We are poisoning our species. You know, and uh, it's so it's such an important topic and your immune system trying to protect you from all of these toxins that we're exposed to is so overwhelmed fighting this one, fighting that one, fighting this one, fighting that one. 
there's something called a loss of oral tolerance that wheat is not good for anybody unless you have absolutely nothing else to eat and then it'll save your life. You know, we send boatloads of wheat over to Africa, starving nations and people live, you know, they survive. Uh, but it's not good for people, but it's a minor irritant. It's just a minor thing. It's not a big deal until you cross the line of oral tolerance. When you cross that line, now wheat becomes a big problem. And depending on your genetic vulnerability, you may get brain disease or liver disease or kidney disease from it. So it's a really big picture to understand. That's why the two books, The Autoimmune Fix and You Can Fix Your Brain, you spend a couple of months just reading a little bit of these books at a time, just a little bit at a time, and six months from now, you've really got this idea down. You understand how to protect yourself and how to protect your family. Where so, are the phthalates coming from? It's the plastic covers on your sofa in the living room, right? And where's the formaldehyde coming from? It's from the, the kitchen cabinets. If they're not solid wood, if they're press board, they're soaked in formaldehyde. Or your um, uh, pantry cabinets in the bathroom if they're not solid wood. And they're outgassing all the time. You can't smell it, but it's there. And it's accumulative in our bodies, 250 pounds per person per day being dumped in the US. So it's a really big picture. It's, a, it's an overwhelming picture. That's why the subtitle of the book is just one hour a day to the best memory, productivity, and sleep you've ever had. That's not a cutesy title. It's the secret to success for all of your listeners. One and it's, it's doable for all of our listeners, correct? That's right. That's right. It's very doable. I'm sorry. It's one hour a week, just one hour a week to the best memory, productivity, and sleep you've ever had. One hour a week, you're going to allocate to learning more about the toxic environment. And what you're going to find out is that you store your leftover chicken in plastic containers. The next day, the chicken's got phthalates in it, the toxic chemicals from the plastic container. You use plastic wrap to wrap your food in. The next day, the food's got phthalates in it. And say, oh, my God, what do I do? I grew up on Tupperware. Give the plastic containers to your husband to use out in the garage to store the nails. <laughs> and, and you go online. And in the book, we give you a couple of websites. You go online and you buy glass containers. No. And it's going to take you an hour. You know, you, okay, let's see. I need three round ones and four square ones. Well, I like this color and I like these shapes. And then you order and give your credit card. It took you an hour. You're done for the week. That's it. And easy but steps. for the rest of your life. Yeah. And That's it's, right. It's the baby steps, ju just like you said earlier. It has to be baby steps and little tidbits and constantly on the look to learn. Now, I, I, I don't want to be remiss in... Um, and seeing and having you explain to us how your two books are, they're not, they're not different, uh, different realms of, of the health spectrum. Tell us how one necessarily flows into the other and why one is sort of an extension of the other. That's a, thank you. That's exactly what they are. And I just took the brain as the example to use. Uh, to really dial down much more clearly. In the autoimmune fix, we talk about this big picture that these mechanisms are going on for years before you've killed off enough tissue that you're diagnosed with thyroid disease or before you've killed off enough tissue that you get a heart attack or before you've killed off enough tissue that you can't remember where your keys are anymore and you're getting cognitive decline. 
this go, it goes on for years and years. The infl- inflama- inflammation, the inflammatory mechanism is going on for years ahead of time. So we talk about how do you identify it? What are the tests to do to see if you have an autoimmune mechanism going on right now? And so many people do. Somewhere around 70% of everyone that does the right type of testing that comes back and it says, yep, there it is. And you go, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So that's the autoimmune fix. And then in You Can Fix Your Brain, we dial down, what do you do about all this? How do you, how do you find out what area of the, the, the pyramid of health, what quadrant do I need to ask questions in? What, what kind of tests do I need to do? What kind of doctor do I need to look for? Because uh, we... It's such an overwhelming topic that you have to take these baby steps, but you need the education because everyone is in the pond of whatever symptoms they come up with that that develop for them. Everyone's in their own pond, the pond of diabetes, the pond of high blood pressure, the pond of obesity, the pond of hormone imbalances, the pond of thyroid disease, the pond of wheat sensitivity. Everyone's in a pond. But you have to understand it's the baby steps that'll take you three to six months to a year to get out of the pond. But it's one step at a time. And that's what the second book is about, taking those baby steps. I find that when we talk about these baby steps, people brush them off easily. You know, it, it's changing the uh, the Tupperware to the glassware. I mean, these are things that I'd... I'd tell people to do in practice and well why it, it you know and I don't taste it I don't see it how can we aim the material at the age group that really needs to understand the age group the moms before they get pregnant you know how how is that word taken out to them it's so vitally important I think oh you're absolutely right and that's a pet project of mine is that uh, there is a uh, uh, phrase that I use to represent the female millennial, and that is, don't mess with my baby. Right? <laughs> Anything that, that will help their child or their future children, they'll listen. They'll listen with a more open mind. If it's for them or their husband, they're much more resistant. But for the child because the numbers are scary as to how many kids are developing autism and all of that. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you another example. Uh, in Norway, they did, the government did a study. It was supposed to be six months. It went for over two and a half years because there was so much information that came out. Should we recommend that women not breastfeed in a first pregnancy? I was like, what? What? And where'd all that come from? Well, here's the background. People in Norway eat a lot of fish. The fish come from the fjords. The fjords are long and narrow and deep. The farmers have been using PCBs and DDTs and insecticides and pesticides for 40 years. The rain, the runoff from the rain on the fields rolls down into the streams, into the creeks, into the rivers, into the fjords. The fish have PCBs in their meat. But there is no study anywhere that shows that the amount of PCBs in a fish from the fjords is a problem for humans. There's no study that says that. 
And that's how they get away with this and deflecting it. Because of course not. But it's the accumulation because we can't digest and break down PCBs. This stuff gets stored in our system. And where does it get stored? It gets stored in the fat cells. The brain says, get this off the highway. Get it out of the bloodstream. So it gets thrown into fat cells. And what fat cells did it get thrown into? Most of these chemicals are called endocrine disrupting chemicals. It gets thrown into the fat cells that love estrogen and love testosterone, like the breasts and the uterus and the testicles. So now you have a young woman, 25, 30-year-old woman. Um, She's been eating fish for 25 or 30 years, accumulating all these PCBs. Now she gets pregnant, has a healthy pregnancy, we hope, and a healthy delivery. And now the brain sends a message down uh, to mom's, uh, mom's breast, say, okay, time to start lactating, time to start making some milk. And where does the breast get the raw material to make the milk? from the fat cells of the breast, which are loaded with PCBs. So the colostrum, which is the first three days of three to five days of mother's breast milk, and then the breast milk afterwards are loaded with toxic levels of PCBs. No question about it. Read the studies, it's very clear. And these PCBs are brain disrupting chemicals. So the, the question was, Should we recommend that women not breastfeed in a first pregnancy? Why in a first pregnancy? Because after they've had their first, they've detoxed their breasts. So from now on, for the rest of their lives, they'll be fine. And the committee came out and said, no, no, it's more important to breastfeed. And there's a lot of politics behind diffusing all of this. And I personally agree with that, but we take it further. And that is every woman of childbearing age needs to detox her breast from a 25, 30 years of accumulated toxins before she gets pregnant. And that way, you're protecting your future baby. And how do they go about doing that? These well, small steps from protocol. your books, right? Right. I mean, there's, there's a number of steps. It's going to take you six months to a year. Yeah. This is not a pill you take and you're done. You have to measure glutathione levels. You have to measure toxicity levels. You you have to spend, uh, put some hot packs on your chest a couple times a week just to mobilize this stuff. There's a whole protocol to follow for this. Well, you and I have the same passion. We have had a couple of people on the show here talking about trying to educate young women before they get pregnant. And it's, it's so important, especially we know now how much we are encumbered by all of these toxins. It's so important for these women to understand how important it is to detox, to get their health on board before they even think of conceiving. And taking that year before conception, if possible, is wonderful. Now, before we end off the show, Dr. Tom, I want to give you the opportunity to let everybody know how they can uh, connect with you, where they can find your book, because it is, you know, both of these books are, you know, they're vital for good health. And autoimmunity is rampant. Chronic disease is rampant. And these two books are a great place to start. So could you let everybody know where we can um, find you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, the website is thedr.com. Don't spell the word doctor out. It's thedr, the doctor.com. Okay. And the books are right there. And uh, we have a couple of gifts. And uh, uh, I don't know how we're giving them these gifts. 
uh, Kathy, are they coming to your uh, yes? We're going to put them on. Um, we're going to put them on Facebook yeah, that everyone can link up to. We didn't want to put them on before because we want to make sure everyone was driven there by the wonderful information that you've given. So they will be up on our website <laughs> oh, after you. the show. So there's there's two um, handouts that I put together. One is called Pantry Essentials: What You Must Have in Your Pantry and What You Must Not Have in Your Pantry, and then the Best and Worst Foods. Uh, handout to give you an idea of what the Environmental Working Group has labeled as their Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 and and a, a, a number of other uh, uh, evaluations. We put it together in a handout so that you can say, well, why are strawberries a problem? They're so good for you. I love strawberries. Well, of course they're good for you. But organic strawberries mm-hmm. are good for you. The inorganic ones are the most loaded of all fruits with toxic chemicals. And you eat those, and you're just getting loads and loads of toxic chemicals that you don't want. Just buy organic, and you're fine. And that's why you'll see in the handout which ones are safe that are not organic, which ones are not. Well, the ones that are highest in toxic pesticides, insecticides, those are the ones you stay away from. So those are on uh, uh, the, the handouts that you have to, to give to all of our our listeners. And perfect. And it'll be a good start for people because you'll see the easy steps that it, it, you know, just to start off there. I really, really appreciate the time you're taking. I know you're in very high demand and I really thank you for coming on and sharing your knowledge with our listeners. I hope to have you back one day. We didn't even get into genetics, which is another huge topic. But uh, again, thank you so much, Dr. Tom, for being on our show. And everybody. Thank you, Kathy. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. And everybody, we will talk to you next week on The Health Hub. Hosted by Kathy Biasi, here on Radio Maria Canada.